So in our last session, I promised that we would be transparent with each other. And so I've got a confession to make. In the midst of all of the pandemic, one of the guilty pleasures that I fell into is binge streaming these shows that make reference to movies or shows that were popular in the 1980s, right? So I loved The Mandalorian, which had a side character from Star Wars. I loved Cobra Kai, which had the side characters from The Karate Kid. And one of the things that I loved most as I watched those shows was not actually the main characters. It was these bit players that had played a role in the original movies or the shows that then come back to life in these new TV versions. So you can think about Boba Fett, for example, in The Mandalorian, or Kreese in Cobra Kai. But in the stories of those side characters, there really is a lot to learn, and there's a lot that you get out of the show. So today, as we go into our second week together, I want to look at two side characters in the story of Israel's entering the Promised Land. We're gonna go into Joshua 2 today. And just as a reminder, last week we talked about the fact about it's so, so important that you go ahead and establish your own Jericho. Be very specific about it, right? Stake your claim, saturate yourself in the word, stand together. But what we're gonna do over the course of our next few weeks is take literal circles around our Jericho to make sure that we have a path and a plan for being able to deal with what God would have us to wrestle with as we tear down the walls for the Jerichos that we have chosen. So this week we're gonna focus on the task of being able to consider the challenge. And as we consider the challenge, we're looking at Joshua 2, and Joshua 2 is the story of Rahab and the spies. And I've got to tell you, throughout my entire life, I've focused on Rahab as the primary character of that story. But just like I find the characters interesting in The Mandalorian or in Cobra Kai, what struck me this time as I spent time in the Word, as I saturated myself into Joshua 2, was the interesting perspective of those two spies that went to Rahab's house and looked at the challenge that was before them in going after Jericho. So we're gonna look at this story from their perspective and see what we can glean from it as we think about conquering our own Jerichos. So with that in mind, let's pray. God, thank you for the fact that you put side characters in our stories that teach us new things about you. I pray, God, that as we look at the two spies that Joshua sent out, that we would find ways to apply some of the principles and apply some of the things that they did as they scouted out Jericho, as we think about leaning on you to help us conquer those impenetrable walls that might stand in front of us that are keeping us from being able to conquer our own Jerichos. So bless our time together. Thank you for your word, how practical it is, and thank you for the opportunity to spend time in it and then apply it in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. So when we pick up in Joshua 2, we find Joshua giving a challenge to two spies. So let's look at Joshua 2 verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. So a couple of things that are interesting to me, even in this first verse of Joshua 2. One, notice that he sent 
two spies. Now, it's interesting because when I think back about Joshua's own story, when he had been sent out by Moses to look at the promised land 40 years ago, if you remember, Moses sent out a team of spies, but only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, came back with good news about going into the promised land with that positive report. So I wonder if Joshua has said, hey, listen, I don't need to send out teams and teams of people. If I can find two of the right people, I know they'll be able to go in and give us an honest assessment of what's going on. So I just want to ask you, who do you need to partner with to consider the challenge that God has put in front of you? Who is the person that you need to stand next to and consider what God would have you to do and think about the steps that would take you there? You know, it's interesting to me when I think about this, there are a couple of principles in selecting someone like this. One, it needs to be someone who obviously you can trust that brings a sense of perspective and value that you share. But one of the things that I've found in my life is it doesn't always have to be the same person. You know, one of the things that I hope you start to, to see as we go through this study is that there are gonna be different Jerichos that come up in our lives. And we need to think about the specific person we should partner with to consider the challenge at each step. And for one of our Jerichos, it may be someone. And for another Jericho, it may be someone else. So I just want you to start to think about the people that God has put in your life that you need to partner with. It may be your spouse. It may be someone in your business. It may be someone in this small group. But who can you lean on to consider the challenge of how to attack your Jericho? And I just want you to think about this from the perspective of being able not only to get insight from them, but one of the reasons I think that Joshua sent two people is when you hear things, when you process things, Having another set of ears, having another set of eyes, having another perspective makes it so much more valuable as you wrestle with what God would have you to do and what he's teaching you. So there's a principle in partnering as we consider the challenge. One of the other things that I find interesting in Joshua 2.1 is that Joshua sent the spies out secretly. He didn't make a big announcement. He didn't call the people together and say, here are the two people, they're going out. He secretly sent them in to Jericho. And for me, that was a really interesting twist on this story because what it was saying to me is there are times where we need to go out and consider the challenge quietly. I don't need to make it public. I don't need to um, set my goals out or the problems that I'm trying to tackle as a part of my Jericho in a big way. There can be these quiet times where I partner up with someone and say, hey, God has got a stirring in my heart. He is calling me in a different direction. He's calling me to look at something that's ahead of me. And I just need to spend time quietly, secretly thinking about how he would use me. So who do you need to partner with? And how do you need to partner quietly to be able to scout out the challenge that God has put before you? So we have this principle of partnering, but once we establish that partner, the most important part of considering the challenge is taking the time to process the challenge. And what I want to do through the story of Rahab and these spies is look at three lenses that God's word gives us to process the challenge or process the Jericho that's in front of us. And so if you remember, the spies go to Rahab's house. Um, word gets around that they are there. And so there's word that the um, the king of Jericho is going to send people to look for the spies. She takes them up to her roof and she hides them under flax. And she basically tells the guards that come looking for them that they're not there any longer. And so they go off. And then she has time to sit down with the spies and talk. 
And I want to give some perspective because I think this is really important. You know, Rahab, because of the occupation that she had, she knew a lot of the men in the town. She knew a lot of the conversations that had happened, what people were thinking about what was to come, that the people of Israel were on the cusp of coming into Jericho. So she brought a unique perspective. And when she sits down and when she talks to the spies, let's look at what she says to them. Let's go to Joshua 2.8. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. So let's think about what Rahab said to those spies. The first thing is she gave them a clear perspective that the people of Jericho were fearful. And look what she says. She goes out to say that this great fear has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting because of fear. I know that the Lord has given you this land, she says. So think about the pointed perspective that Rahab provided to those spies. She knew what was going on because of her occupation. She had heard what people were thinking. She had spent time understanding how they were considering what the people of Israel might do. And she basically told them that the people within Jericho were afraid and they knew that the Lord was going to deliver the Israelites into Jericho and that the Israelites would take the city. So, as I look at that, one of the things that's interesting to me is I start to develop a perspective to process the challenge. Who are the people or what are the resources that can bring that knowledge? Who has an insight around the area that I'm trying to tackle? Who has just a history or wisdom around some of the things that I'm struggling with that I need to listen to, that I need to tap into? Where are the places that I can go to get perspectives about things that I need to do differently or what I need to do in approaching the problem? You know, yesterday I had someone who I hadn't talked to in 10 years come into my office to consider a Jericho, to think about something that he was considering in his life. And what was interesting is the reason why we had the opportunity to speak into each other's Jerichos is because we had a common knowledge of and common experience around the same set of things. And so one of the, the challenges that I want to give you as you consider the Jericho is to consider who the people are that could bring real wisdom, real insight, real perspective. What do you need to tap into to be able to really get a sense of how you could consider how to proceed against the Jericho that you're facing? So that's one lens, a pointed perspective that not only just informs you, but helps move you in a direction. I mean, think about what Rahab said. Rahab said, I know that the Lord has given you this land. She told them what she knew that the Lord was going to do. When I look for perspective, I don't want people who just give me facts. I want people who give me a sense of where they think the topic is moving, where they think the opportunity lies. Look for that pointed perspective. So that's one lens to use. The second is using the lens of past experience. So when I look at what Rahab did, she pointed to the fact that God had helped the people of Israel escape Egypt, 
God had provided a way for the people of Israel to be able to defeat those kings. And she pointed back to the providence and the activity of God to point to the fact that he would lead them into success. So when we consider the challenges before us, I think it is so important that we go back and look at the history of how God has intervened in our lives. Where has he brought you out of Egypt? Where can you point to times where you were struggling with something or you had something in front of you where only his providence and only his ability was able to take you into a new promised land? Mark those times. Think about what you learned. Think about how good he was for you in those times as you consider what challenge might lie ahead. And then think about all of the ways that he might have cleared the path for you to be able to move forward. And what I mean by that is when you look back at your life, are there times where he supernaturally gave an opportunity, where he opened up a new way for you to move forward, a new way of looking at something that you know that if you had only depended on your own human knowledge, you never would have had the opportunity to move in that direction. But instead, he opened up a path. His providence over and over again, year after year in our life, points us to a series of facts, a series of truths that we can go to, to make sure that we use the lens of past experience to consider what lies ahead of us. So where has God taken you and where will he take you because of the lessons and the principles that you've learned in the journey that you've had so far? So Rahab gives that pointed perspective. She gives them that sense of the past experience where God had been sovereign and had led them. And then look at the last thing that she does. Let's, let's jump down to verse 12. She says to them, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. So she gives a lens to consider the people involved in conquering Jericho. So I just want to ask you, when you've dealt with problems before, when you've dealt with trying to see how God might deliver on a promise, there always are spillover effects to our following him. Sometimes the spillover effects are awesome, right? We see people come to know the Lord. We see re uh, restoration in relationships. Those people are transformed because of what God is doing in our own lives. That's one spillover effect. But there also are sometimes what seem like negative spillover effects. Are there relationships that need to be put aside? Are there people who will be negatively impacted because you're moving in a direction, but God would have you move in that direction? I think it's important as we consider the challenge that we take stock of the people that will be impacted by the Jerichos that we are trying to conquer for good and for ways that might not seem good right now, but long-term have the ability to be transformative in your life and in theirs. So I just want to ask you, as you start to think about the Jericho that's in front of you, who's going to be impacted? Who is going to have a spillover effect by decisions that you're going to make, by actions that you're going to take? And what do you need to do about it? How do you need to prepare them? How do you need to have conversations with them? But I don't think that we fully consider the challenge if we don't take stock of the people that are impacted 
by the Jerichos that we choose to conquer. So I want you to take that challenge. I want you to consider the Jericho that's in front of you by looking at it through those lenses. Ask yourself, what's the pointed perspective I need? How do I sit down with that partner I talked about and listen to people, look at new ideas, wrestle together about what that means in terms of a perspective of how to move forward? Use that partner to go back and recount past experiences. Celebrate those great things that God has done in your life. Celebrate the ways that he's protected you, the way that he has taken you out of bad places, the way he's cleared the path. And then use your partner to also sit down and, and ask yourself, who's going to be impacted by this decision? For good? Maybe not for good. And make sure that you think about what the spillover effects will be as you set out to conquer that Jericho. So. The spies are teaching us things. They're teaching us the importance of partnering. They're teaching us the importance of listening so that we can process the challenge. But I think another really clear principle that comes out of Joshua 2 is as we're getting all of this information, as we're processing all these things, there comes a point where it's so easy to say, all right, let's go do it. Let's go act. But look at what Rahab asks them to do, what she invites them or even challenges them to do. If we jump to verse 15, Rahab, said, Rahab does this. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourself there three days until they return and then go on your way. Three days. Get out of Jericho. Go to the hills for three days so that you'll be protected. She gives them an invitation to pause. You know what? I think God gives us an invitation to pause, to consider these things, to go through the steps of thinking about how we should consider the challenge. But then I think we're called on to just take a step and hang on for a moment, to pray about it, to read more, to have more discussions with that partner. And what's so interesting to me, it was Rahab who gave them the invitation to take that pause. So I just want to ask you, Who's invited you to take a pause in your life? Has it been someone who's given you an opportunity to go do something differently to take a pause? Has it been someone who's said, hey, let's just take a couple of days and think about something? Where have there been invitations for a pause in your life that you've taken and you've seen the benefit of it? I'll also ask you, where have there been invitations to take a pause in your life and you've just run through the wall? And have there been consequences for that? What I appreciate about this is that Rahab gave them the instruction to pause, to take those three days to make sure that they were safe. But in doing that, I can't imagine that those two spies didn't sit there and relive the, the stories that Rahab had talked about, retalk about what they had seen while they were in Jericho, so that when they came back to give the report to Joshua, they had a very clear perspective and a confidence in what they should do. So who's invited you to take a pause? And then what do you need to do to take a pause? I think we need to be specific again about it. Are there places in your life? Are there things where you enjoy going to or taking part in that give you a chance to be restored, to be renewed? I think I told you uh, last time that we were together that the Israelites were exhausted as they got ready to go to Jericho. Sometimes we need to take that pause just to be able to make sure we're restored and renewed and ready for the challenge that's ahead of us. So, partner, process the challenge, take a pause. And then what I appreciate is that those two spies, after they had spent those days in the hills, 
decided that they had to proceed. So when we jump down to verse 23, it says, Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. The spies gave the green light to proceed. They had taken into account everything that they had heard from Rahab, what they had seen in Jericho, that time waiting in the hills, and they gave the recommendation to go. So I've got to ask you, are you ready to go? And I want to make sure that I'm clear about this. Go doesn't mean always stepping into the challenge. Go might mean stepping back from the challenge to reprocess, to rethink about it, but you got to move. And if you're like me, sometimes in my life, I just get stuck. <laughs> I just stop. I intellectualize it. I process it. I take the pause and then I just stand still. And what I see here is that if we are really listening to where God would have us to go, there's just got to be some movement. It may be movement forward. It may be movement backwards, but there's always movement in his direction. And that's the key thing to think about as we proceed. Are you moving in God's direction? Are you leaning on him to help understand how to circle that Jericho? How to think about the way that he would have you to deal with it, to attack it. So think about that this week. Think about the ways that God would have you proceed. Partner, process the opportunity, take a pause, and then move but move in God's direction. All of my fears like terrible walls gotta come down.